Poems. Comedy. Writing. Interviews. ELFM. It's radio for so much more. Welcome to Red Kite. My name is Henna. I'm one of the participants in the writing and broadcasting groups. Red Kite is a brand new Friday afternoon show here on East Leeds FM, dedicated entirely to stories by, for and about young people. After months of lockdown, what does our city, our world, look like now? Expect new music and poetry, lively banter and witty exchanges, most of it created by young musicians, writers and broadcasters, taking part in Chapel FM's summer project. Each Monday of the project, a party of intrepid people will go out wild walking in East Leeds with storyteller Matthew Bellwood. Then there are the workshops led by writers, musicians and broadcasters on the East Leeds FM team and, all being well, a broadcast on Friday afternoons, like this one now. These three shows in August are a bit of an experiment. What kind of programmes do people enjoy making and listening to? With more knowledge in the autumn, we'll be creating regular shows on Friday afternoons. In the meantime, listen out for untold stories, fresh points of view from the eastern edges of Leeds and beyond, new ways of seeing what and who we are. The Red Kite will speak. Red Kite, from Eads Leeds FM. So, good afternoon and welcome to Red Kite on East Leeds FM, the third broadcast in our series of three, although we may continue into September. Who knows? Red Kite is a broadcast by four and about young people. And if you're a young person listening to this and you're thinking, he's not a young person, you're right, I'm not. But I will be introducing four of them in a minute and there will be all sorts of uh, young people uh, and older people taking part in this broadcast broadcasters uh, musicians writers all contributing fantastic stuff over the next two or three hours so first of all I have been leading a summer project for writers, young writers, at, well, it's not at Chapel FM because we can't get in there at the moment, but on East Leeds FM, through the mechanical, technical wonders of uh, of the internet. And we've been meeting three times a week, us writers, and writing really around the theme of edges, edges of cities, edges of consciousness, edges of awareness, edges of all sorts of different things. And uh, we've been writing for the ears. We've been writing for radio. 
And you're going to be hearing some fantastic pieces of writing in just a few minutes' time. First of all, I'm going to introduce you to four of the writers, uh, four of the eight writers we've been working with. They're here in the virtual studio with me. So, Billy, hello. Hello. Anil, hello. Hello. Good afternoon, everyone. <laughs> Lorna, hello. Hello, Peter. And Sophia, hello. Hiya. Lovely to have you with us. Um, first of all, before we hear some of the fantastic work that you've been doing, and you really have been doing some great work, um, we're just gonna, I'm just going to ask you a little about the last few weeks overall and just to get a little sense of, of what it's been like for you. So first of all, Anil, um, yeah, is it been, uh, how's it been for you? Well, Peter, it's been a, a new it's been a, a new experience of learning to write in a different way, because we've had the short kind of turnaround time. Just a couple, each time we have a meeting, uh, when we when we meet all together on Zoom, we have maybe forty eight hours to produce something, and turn it around. So. I've never really written anything um, that quickly before, so it's been good to learn that skill to be able to do that. So I've I've really enjoyed uh, that part, and then thinking about writing with sound as well. Letting I've learned to try and let the sound do a lot of the speaking of what I'm trying to say in my writing. That's really interesting. Yes, we've been looking at, at the way that sound generally, sound effects, sound, generally speaking, interacts with language to produce pictures in our minds, which is a wonder that is, is radio. Thank you, Anil. Lorna, how about you? How have you found it? You remember the associate writers generally, uh, you, you, you're very keen on your writing. You've been part of that group for now probably a year or two. How have you found this, uh, this project? Yeah, I found it really interesting. I find that I tend to write more poetic stuff that's sort of less spoken word, it's more about reading it. So it's been really interesting trying to write visuals for radio rather than a piece that you'd read. Absolutely. And you've been editing your own material because, you know, you're, you're very experienced at that. Is, is that uh, have you enjoyed doing that in, in this context? Yeah, very much. It's something that I haven't really tried with uh, my writing before, so I found it really interesting. Uh -huh. And Sophia, you, you're new to us uh, in the sense that uh, we, haven't, uh, we haven't worked with you before, but uh, what's it been like on this project for you? I've uh, really enjoyed it so far. You know, I've got to meet a lot of new people um, and I've got to write for radio, which is something that I've never done before. Um, so I've got to learn that new skill. And as well as Anil was saying, with the quick turnaround, it's given me kind of a really good opportunity just to focus on writing. And, you know, hopefully for September, when I go back to university, the quickness of writing will come in really useful. Yes, the deadlines were quite, uh, we were quite tight. You're quite right there. Yeah, we started work on, you know, every day, uh, sorry, every week on a Tuesday morning. And then really by Thursday afternoon, I was asking you to deliver a piece of writing or deliver a piece of recorded work that we could air on the Friday. You've done, again, really excellently, all of you, just to meet those deadlines. And I think that little prompt, that little timeline is, can be really, really useful. Billy, you're no stranger to, write, to the writing scene at Chapel FM. Have you enjoyed the, the summer project with us this time? I've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed meeting new people. I've enjoyed working with other writers. 
Uh, I like the I like I've liked the process of writing. Um, I've enjoyed broadcasting, um, performing my own pieces, doing the different voices. Um, I've also enjoyed listening the pieces to the pieces other people have written because they've all been very different. I think that's I think that's good. Um, I've also I also enjoyed the opportunity to think outside the box a bit because I've always been drawn to writing comedy. Um, so this project has made me think about alternatives, and that's been really good. Yes, and Billy, you've you produced a searing piece of writing, a really moving piece of writing in the first week, which is up for... Listen again whenever you want. Anybody listening to this, just go to our website and have a look at Red Kite in the writing section. And Billy, yes, the great, great point about you know listening and learning from other people we've done a lot of that we've i think you've been really generous with each other about about that and that's that's um, that's a wonderful thing amongst writers we're going to hear some pieces now we're going to hear four in fact the first will be by billy moving house the second will be um from anil and it's called chaos part two the third piece is by sophia it's called i'm at the edge and the fourth piece is also by sophia called The Postman. I think moving to Leeds was a mistake. Don't know anyone in this neighbourhood at all, really. Looks nice enough. Not as nice as the one in London, though. Mind you. Can't say the same about this house. I mean, look at the state of it. Looks like a pigsty. Look at these curtains. They look like a throwback from the 70s, if you ask me. Never mind. Won't be here long. <coughs> Quiet, Rufus. I've had enough with that dog from number 72. Gets me up at six every morning. Oh, it's that old biddy from next door. Always trying to worm her way in. Nosy old bat. What does she want now? I mean, how many more jobs has she got for me to do? I'm a decent bloke and all, upstanding citizen and all that, but she's taking the mick. Nobody really knows the person living next door to them, do they? Me, I'm a family man. I only came up north to find a job. It was the missus idea, really. But I can't see it pine on good terms. She started being funny with me after she caught me using the washing machine a couple of times in the middle of the night. I think that gone fire was a last straw. I'll be down at the dog and duck at this time with Barry and the rest of the lads. Always in a pine to the ready when I walked in. Could barely say hello to you around here. Miserable sods. I thought Northerners were supposed to be friendly. Listen to that, Rufus. That bloke next door must be deaf by now with that banging house music blaring out all the time. Bring back the Beatles, that's what I say. <laughs> I'll be meaning to a world with him. Anyway, me old mate, let's unpack this last box here and get you some grub. You must be hungry by now. Oh no. Forgot about this. 
Never mind. Just old tea towel. But I'll never get the stains out of that. Bit careless me, really. Better scrub that clean. Where's that bleach? Always clean up after yourself, me old mum used to say. It's sloppy work, Dave. That's not like you. Anyway, this knife will come in useful to chop me chips up later. <laughs> Maybe I should have a word with that bloke next door first. Who's that, Rufus? Not seen him before. What do you think, mate? Hello, sir. We're just making a few inquiries in the area. Uh, you may be aware that a young woman's body has been found nearby. We've just got a few questions. Of course, officer. Anything I can do to help. Uh, were you uh, in last night? Did you see or hear anything unusual? Quiet, Rufus. Sorry about him, officer. Do you... Uh, do you mind if we come in for a moment? Crisp stems and refreshing leaves brushing past my face and arms. As if I am encapsulated in the entwining depth of nature. It's not entrapping like my mind, it's the opposite, it's calming. I'm not alone here though. That light scraping against the bark, a lively squirrel. That whistling up above. Birds perched in the trees, each minding their own business, enjoying the environment, doing what they need to do and letting me do me. The trickling over the pebbles is tranquil. Water constantly washing away any dirt that reaches their surface. If only I could place my mind where those pebbles were, maybe the chaos would also wash away. I could pass hours here, absorbing the warmth from the rays of sunlight peeping through the branches, away from the constant battles and commotion. And I'm at the edge. Come on, mate, buy us a drink. Of the electric flashing lights, the couples, the snogging, the cigarettes, the friends flocking together, the selfies, the miniskirts, 
The underage drinkers who flash fake ID, dolled with makeup, nine inch heels, hoop earrings, infectious charisma. The boys covered in Lynx Africa, Adidas trainers, tracksuits, arms folded, pints in hands, poising with finger guns, men in suits, white shirts spotted with disco lights, the Bond wannabes. And I'm at the edge on a rickety bar stool. It's about to collapse, edges stained with filth, fingerprints, underwear, vomit, blood, tears, sweat. I have a front row seat to watch the night unfold. Liquid flies through the air, crashes onto the floor, flooding it with a sticky coat. White trainers covered with a yellow stain. Plastic cups hurled. Catch it then! Clunk. Right, who threw that? Tripped over by unsuspecting punters, kicked around the dance floor. Over here! The five-a-side game. Go on, aim for them! Backside. And I'm at the edge of the dust, the sweat, the lust, the breath, the booze. Still, it's just me here, alone, no chatter, no noise, only the disco lights and the fading remains of the night. changed in recent weeks. It feels like Christmas every day. It used to take me four hours to do me rounds. Now it takes me six. I'm not complaining though. Lots of community spirit. People stand on their doorsteps giving me tea and biscuits. They never used to do that. People even start clapping when I walk by. I feel like a real Father Christmas, giving people unnecessary items. It seems to make them happy. Until my next round anyway. I wish people would be mindful of what they buy. Do they really need another new outfit? Or shoes? Or whatever else they're buying? I mean, with these online retailers you can just click and poof, it magically gets shipped. And they don't think of us poor postal workers, and the warehouse, all these boxes piled up. There's less room on the floor, you can barely move. It makes social distancing very difficult. I'm asking is that people think before they order something. I mean, do you really need to order it when we have important medical packages to deliver? That's all we're saying. Don't get me started on PPE. 
We have masks, but the gloves often split. We're greeting people every day who could have had it. I'm not complaining. At least we're appreciated now. So you're listening to Red Kite on East Leeds FM. And you've been listening to four pieces of writing there that we've been doing with the writing group. Eight writers in the group working very hard over the last three uh, weeks. We had Moving House by Billy. We had Chaos Part 2 from Anil. We had I'm at the Edge by Sophia. And then The Postman by Sophia. So just um, Anil, any... Uh, any high points for you over the last week or two, particularly? Yes, uh, I, I particularly liked learning to use uh, the use of, of sound to describe some words. It's uh, a lot more effective uh, to listen to rather than saying what what we should hear. Having that in the background just helps the listener, I feel, build a, a clearer picture and make them feel there that they're actually in the place we're writing about. Absolutely. And that's something we've been talking about a lot, isn't it? The kind of economy. So not having to say everything, really just cutting things back because we all have a tendency to over overwrite. And if you can let other, other things do the work like sound or music, then there's always a way of doing that. Yeah. That- Sorry, Anil, go on. That's something I hope I can take away with my future writing and implement that skill that I've picked up through uh, working with the wonderful group. Marvellous. And um, I hope you'll work with us again, Anil. I know you've done, I've worked with you before on a project with Blah 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 Theatre Company and, you know, really looking forward to, uh, you know, when we get back into chapel, if you want to come in and be part of a writing group, which I'm hoping to start again, not just the young writers, we'll have them, but hopefully an adult writing group as well. You're very, very welcome. I look forward to that, Peter. Thank you. Thank you, Anil. Lorna, how about you? Any high points for you this week? Um, I particularly like the sound design session that we had on Tuesday. Sort of gave you an idea of how to be more creative when you're editing recorded pieces. Absolutely. It was a lovely session uh, delivered to us by Verity. Um, Verity Britain, Verity Watts. So that was, yeah, really useful. I I totally agree. I I learned a great deal from that. Um, So have you got any writing on the go at the moment, Lorna? Um, I've got a couple of pieces, but I'm not going to say too much about that. <laughs> That's very discreet and also good because the more you, as a writer, the more you talk about stuff, I think you can, you know, you can actually dissipate the energy. So very good. It's been lovely having you part of the group, Lorna. So I hope you'll come back to associate writers. Definitely. Sophia, any, uh, any, any particularly uh, good moments for you in the last two or three weeks? been a high point just listening to the writing and was it charlotte that read the first one yeah yeah she did it she's done a fantastic job um and you have as well and it, yeah just it's the first time my writing's ever been aired on anything or you know or to wider public so yeah it's given me a bit of confidence really I'm really pleased to hear that, Sophia. Yeah, do do carry on. And Jimmy Andrex, we should cre- credit for his 
for his vocal performance in uh, yeah. the in the postman and Charlotte Carrick, who works with us as a centre manager, um, did a wonderful job. Job. His with his performance was good as well. I don't want to discredit him. He was great as well. All right. Well, <laughs> stay stay with us, Sophia, and come back to Chapel. Come to Chapel FM whenever you can. I know you're at university in Leeds, so it'd be lovely to have you as part of the uh, writing group there. Finally, Billy. Yeah. Any any particular thing that stands out for you for you in your memory over the last two or three weeks? Well, I've really enjoyed the. Um, uh, this sort of the opportunity to develop my writing um, um, to develop my sort of writing style mm. I've always done pieces that have, have been humorous I haven't really done any serious pieces before like the one we just heard mm. um, the one we heard uh, the moving house one um, and it's been really interesting for me to do that. And it's been great to hear, as ever, your wonderful vocal performances and your kind of adaptability and versatility with accents and voices. Wonderful. So thanks, Billy, and I hope you'll come back to us uh, when, uh, when we're all geared up for, uh, to meet again. Um, so... It's, we're going to hear three more pieces now from the writers before we then hear an interview with Matthew Bellwood. Matthew Bellwood's been uh, leading us in our wonderful wild walks on Mondays for the last three weeks. He's a storyteller, a writer, very knowledgeable, wonderful person, and we're looking forward to talking to him uh, and, and Paul from Next Generation Music. So, but first of all, stay stay with us for these three last three pieces of writing from the writing group in this summer project 2020. First of all, The Cruise by Louise and Henna. Then Thump by Lorna. And then Glint by Sufian. Dear Liz, I'm still swimming every morning. I'm so glad the pool's still open. The gym too, but that's not for me, as you know. Not even now. I take a stroll round the top deck each day at nine o'clock. I like how the crisp lips of the wind come at my neck when I don't wear my scarf. It's rather warm by midday out there. The sun's the only thing moving across the blue. It's completely clogged up with blue, you know. The sea this morning was the exact shade you love to use when you paint. I feel this blue is keeping me safe, actually. Like you've waved your big fat brush strokes across this side of the world and you're clinging to everything I see with your colour. I'll be back in the pool tomorrow morning. It's the only place people don't talk about when we might be getting off. They just swim their slow lengths to and fro, to and fro. I miss you especially this evening. Penny Dear Penny, I went for my evening coastal walk and watched the sun set across the horizon. The optimist inside of me thought I could have spotted you, swam out to your boat and into your arms. Not that I could place you on a map right now. 
It looked like my artist's palette, red and orange, ombered together as the white sun sank into the sea. I've tried to paint, but it's not the same when you're not there, perfectly mixing random colours that I can never replicate. I've never appreciated our little home as much as I have this last week. It's surprisingly warm for Whitby. Wishing you were here, Liz. Dear Liz, last night was one of the best evenings we've had on the ship. I told you the entertainment is top-notch, but as we get fewer, I'm told a group of Americans got to leave the ship when we docked last, it feels more and more familial. I'm now good friends with Derek in the next room. He's one to keep your spirits up. He and I went down to the theatre after dinner and saw there was a live band playing all our favourites from the 70s. We sang along. He's got a good voice on him and I laughed thinking about you watching me, Margarita in one hand, belting out the chorus of Go Your Own Way. I'd be singing to you tonight, sweet Liz. All my love, Penny. I'm glad one of us is seeing something different. Your ship might be going round in circles, but at least you're not trapped indoors. Since the lockdown tightened, the house feels small and cold. I can't bear the shops with the queues that jut out of the car park. I've actually turned that Alexa thing on. I can't believe David sent that as a joke. He knows how much I hate all this mod-con nonsense. But there's only so much news of coronavirus that I can take. I'd rather be in ignorant bliss and listen to our Elton on repeat. Nancy phones a lot, gives me at least something to look forward to. Finally, I can watch musicals without you turning brick red, because why do they have to sing in conversations? Sometimes I mute the singing. It's awful. Hold me closer, tiny dancer. <laughs> I know you've got your big shows on board, but I know I could entertain you with the moves I'm learning in the kitchen. Until you come home, I might just try dancing myself out this lockdown. I'm patient as ever. Liz. Dear Liz, last night a lad on board got us all gathered out on the front deck. He knows a few things about astronomy, we were told. And do you know what? There we were, hundreds of us, up on the deck, some sitting on the floor, some lying down, some just craning their necks, and the captain turned off all the ship's lights. It was complete blackness. And this young lad spoke through a mic, told us where to look and what we could see. I guess I'd never really seen stars until last night. In the darkness, looking up to those gold-white pearls in the sky, I thought, at least you're closer to me than they are. I imagined how close you could be, because I felt like I could reach up and touch those glowing things, and you were closer. I'm so lucky to have you as the closest thing I know. Home soon, Liz. Your Penny. Thump. The sound of my brother's shoe on a hardwood floor as he approaches the room I'm in. Thump. Ready or not, here I come. 
I haven't found a place to hide yet, I think, as the heat of the summer day mocks my knitted cardigan. Thump. I search the room for suggestions of hiding places. I'm alone in a room uninhabited by anything but an intricately carved wardrobe concealed under a faded sheet. Thump. Is there time to run to another room? Probably not, I'll hear him again in a minute. Thump. Well, there's only one option now. I tiptoe towards the oak giant in the middle of the room and pull the sheet. An insignificant speck in the distance trapped in their own bubble. A cruise ship was a rare sight for the cargo port. Whispers about who they are and how many of them were infectious spread like wildfire, just like the virus. The very same virus that had brought this once bustling port into a complete standstill. We used to get hundreds of ships a day and there'd be at least 20 of us cataloguing all the ships and all their contents. We used to get colossal container ships from North America, oil tankers from the Middle East, and reefer ships carrying all sorts of exotic fruit and meat. What was left now was just a bare-boned skeleton crew. The glinting dot sat there on the horizon. It had not moved since yesterday. It was a remnant of a world we could only remember. A world where we used to live in so much excess. Tons of food wasted when there are those that have nothing. Unnecessary travel spewed out greenhouse gases into our atmosphere that was already choking. That very cruise had been stranded for months, much longer than it expected when it set sail. Some of the guests that were desperate to get off the ship were to be airlifted out and land on the port. An entire section of the port had been cordoned off just so none of us would come into contact with them. We weren't allowed within 10 meters of anyone working in the area. It felt strange, like a science fiction movie, a foreshadowing of something horrible to come. But this is the real world. There would be no monsters that rise out of the ocean and destroy humanity. Instead, the monsters were inside us. And the only way to vanquish these monsters would be to use the time that Mother Nature has gifted us to think and reflect on our greedy and selfish ways. It has allowed us to be more appreciative of the things we have rather than the things we don't and show compassion to our fellow humans when they need it most. As the cruise ship slowly backs away into the horizon, I think about how everyone was affected, even those thousands of miles away offshore. So thank you so much to all the writers in the writing group on this summer project from East Leeds FM 2020. And that the pieces you heard then were The Cruise by Louise and Hannah, voiced by Pam Hilton and Jane Oakshot. Then we had Thump by Lorna and then we had Glint 
from Sufian. So now we have with us in the virtual studio two people who've been very much involved in the summer walks, the wild walks that we've been doing through Leeds over the last few weeks. We've got Matthew Bellwood. Hello, Matthew. Hello, Peter. And we've got Ibrahim. Hello, Ibrahim. Hello, Peter. Nice to speak to you. Ibrahim, you're part of the, is it, am I right in saying the Next Generation Broadcasting Group? Yep. Good. Well, first of all, let's come to Matthew. Um, Matthew, tell us a bit about these walks. And we've had a fantastic turnout for them, sometimes 15, 17 people of all ages, mostly young people, traipsing through parts of Leeds <laughs> that I've never been to. So, yeah, what was uh, where did you take us? So we've been um, all over, really, up and down what's known as the Wykebeck Way, which is a kind of green corridor that runs all the way from uh, Randy Park uh, all the way up to Temple Newsome. And I think it finishes at uh, Rothwell Country Park, although I've not ventured onto the last leg of the walk myself uh, as of yet. And it follows uh, the Wykebeck, uh, which is fed by water from Waterloo Lake at Randy Park. Uh, and it uh, follows that uh, beck as it sort of traverses um, a whole swathe of East Leeds and empties into the air at Rothwell Country Park. It really has been a revelation, I think, to to, to, to many of us because, uh, I mean, I certainly really didn't know about the White Beck Way, although I've been working in East Leeds for now 10 years. I mean, I knew of it. I've done bits of it. But you really know your way around. I'm glad you were leading us. I think we would have all got very lost. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so you, you, you've done a sort of quite a lot of exploring during this lockdown period. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. It's been um, it's been a fantastic opportunity, really. As um, I've had a lot of time on my hands um, for good or ill, uh, and um, I think I was probably in a similar situation to you in that I've worked in East Leeds for a very long time now, and um, I sort of was aware there was a nature reserve uh, not very far away from my house, um, and this sort of extra time that I've, I've been gifted uh, thanks to COVID nineteen is provided an opportunity to go and explore some of those routes and uh, pathways and um, I've been a bit blown away really by how lovely it is and how much um, lovely green space there is really on my doorstep um, and um, yeah it's been fantastic exploring those routes and it's been a real revelation to me as well so it's been a, a delight to share it with um, some of the, the people from from Chapel FM over the last few weeks. Well, we're going to be talking to Ibrahim in just a moment about his uh, about his his kind of experience of the last walk he went on. But what I loved about the walks, um, where obviously we took precautions and we wore masks and all the stuff that we had to do, but it was still a wonderful thing just to have people face to face with each other. You know, after all this digital stuff, which is produces a lot of which has a lot of possibilities and potential as well but it was just lovely to and that thing you get on walks where you you talk to somebody talk to a group of people then you drift off you somebody note you notices something points something out we had some lovely moments where people just listened and tony encouraged us encouraged us to listen to what we was around and then feedback on that ibrahim how was it for you on this last walk did you did you enjoy yourself well to say so myself i did it's amazing how you go from such a city area and like a neighbourhood where there's lots of houses and then you walk through and you end up somewhere that you, you never knew was there. I never knew there was an Amazon area and I never knew we were that close to the roads. And it, it, is, it was a lovely spot because it, it felt peaceful. It, it, doesn't, it didn't really feel like you're in a city. It feels like you're somewhere else. 
Absolutely, and and you're quite right about the Amazon depot. We we just for listeners who uh, so it's, it's just not a private conversation between people who were there. But if we can paint the picture, we came out of the woods, and then suddenly there was this monstrous, massive building, probably one of the biggest buildings I've ever seen. And there were about four or five of them, and one of them was the Amazon warehouse. And it was it wasn't it weird, Ibrahim? How woods were just next to it? Yeah, you walk you walk through this industrial area estate into this woodlands and it, it, it's quite surreal because you, you wouldn't exactly put an industrial say in a woods together but it almost it was like drifting through stages of leaves it's like you went into the city area and then into the wildlife and it was a, quite a nice balance and i really did enjoy myself that's a really beautiful way of putting it. You drifted through different stages of Leeds, and that's we have been looking at the edges of things and the edges of the city, and uh, yeah, it did like like going through layers. It was, yeah, very well put. It was lovely to have you there, Ibrahim. And next next time we're going to carry on with these walks, hopefully through the autumn, and I hope you can join us uh, then as well. Matthew, have you ever done anything quite like this before? Um, I, yeah, I mean, I've led walks before in different parts of the city and often the work that I do is, is about uncovering sort of um, hidden histories in, in the city. So I've, I've taken people through urban areas and I've done a lovely project, which I think you were involved with, Peter, in Meanwood mm. Park a few years ago. But this has been slightly different because I think, as Ibrahim says, you are on the edge of the wilderness, the edge of the wild. Um, it's not a park, which is a kind of cultivated area. Um, there are little bits of parkland. There are little bits of, you know, industrial estate that you cross over and pass through and then there are kind of bits of what feel like very old woodlands very established woods um so no it's been absolutely brilliant um for me and i i feel like i've learned loads over the past few weeks um just in terms of trying to figure out what the trees are that i've been encountering some of the plants that we found uh, that people have been intrigued by it set me up on all sorts of avenues of research and um i actually went out again uh, yesterday and i i picked about um uh, four kilograms of blackberries because we had a, a great time with a lot of wonderful blackberries on, on the route of the walk on Monday and it seemed a shame to waste them so I shall be jam making this weekend as a result of that. And I bet you were the only person there picking blackberries. Uh, yeah I was there was a, lot, a fair, fair number of people coming past on bikes but for a long period of time it was quite deserted. I, I, I was slightly worried actually I fell in a ditch trying to get some really good, <laughs> good blackberries and I couldn't get out for a while so uh, I did manage to extricate myself in the end. And um, yeah. yeah, and I just just a, a, one one thing that did come up that we saw in lots of the walks was a, a plant called um, Himalayan balsam, which is an invasive plant. And I actually went on Wednesday and picked a lot of flowers from that, and I've infused it in some gin, and it's just lovely. And um, I found out that when you when you add the tonic, it goes an extraordinary pink colour. So um, yeah, it's just a really lovely thing that I discovered. <laughs> wow. Well. Don't try that at home, folks, or do. Well, no, do. <laughs> I really recommend it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you for all your uh, wonderful uh, leading in the, on those walks. It really has been a wonderful time. And thanks, Ibrahim, for coming on there and for, with no us. No problem. And, uh, yeah, stay with us for the rest of the broadcast. We're now going to hear, well, we're going to hear some sound because Tony has been uh, on these walks, all three of them, with his microphone. He's been picking up all sorts of things, people speaking, bits of uh, natural sound, and he's merged it beautifully into a, a sequence of, uh, of audio for us. So here we are, the walks of 2020.
got the key to the highway And I'm built out and bound to go I'm gonna leave there running this giant hog me
uh, and so it was affordable housing really and that Sutton estate was one of the ones that was built with his money that was after his death in 1927 I think and there is a monument just on the side of York Road to William Sutton it says William Sutton Courier and it's just in front of one of the houses that were built with his money and I guess without William Sutton there wouldn't be businesses like Amazon uh, here um, so that depot just uh, is um, the kind of hub, the distribution hub for all the orders, I guess, in this area and around the, the, this part of the north, I suppose. Uh, and it's just, Lizzie was saying, how amazing it would be to take a cross-section, just take the front off and just be able to see inside. I imagine it's just, you know, rows and rows of corridors, mm -hmm. stacked shelves, a bit like the end of Ikea when you pick your, <laughs> pick your thing after you've been through the showroom, but uh, yeah. How many biscuits can you eat? One little wine and a whole ham of meat. Now, honey, baby mine. What did the hen duck say to the drake? You'd be surprised. What did the hen duck say to the drake? You'd be surprised. What did the hen duck say to the drake? There ain't no crawdads in this lake. Honey, babe, babe, I've been passed in a morning when the vans are going out for delivery and it's just fleet a fleet of, of vans that just come out and go down onto the motorway from there and it just sort of, it feels endless, the sort of procession of vans that are kind of coming out with the delivery of the day. And also what would you, if you were from say 500, years ago a thousand years ago and you'd just been dropped here now what would you what would you think that was a war machine a war aliens. machine a what aliens aliens yeah people from would they even have an idea about that there were other planets to live on i don't know but um war machine what else castle a castle? Yeah. I think you might think it was more something to do with the devil than aliens. If we didn't know about aliens then, we might be more more religious and think, oh, this isn't, this isn't God's doing, is it? I think you'd think that. Just stop to have another little listening minute. Just think it's quite extraordinary. Like, five minutes ago, we were just walking past Amazon distribution hub, and now we're deep in the woods. I think that change in environment and the change in sounds, I mean, suddenly you hear the birds again. I don't think they're probably going to be quiet now, but I'm going to stop And we can hear the drones coming for Harry when they... <laughs> yeah, so keep your ears peeled. Expose the truth for me! They're coming for me! Yeah, so obviously the road's really close by, but let's just take a minute and just listen.
Just a little. Let your poor heart bleed. How does it feel to go from there to here? Deadwood, I'm thinking. Deadwood. Cool. A lot cooler. Much cooler. Much cooler. Slenderman. Slenderman? Okay. <laughs> Definitely wouldn't come here at night. <laughs> okay. Any thoughts on how it feels? Refreshing. Refreshing. Muggy, dark, damp. Is it a particularly creepy wood, do you think? I don't know. I just, just the whole kind of, there's a few trees that are just off centre. I can't see the way out, what must makes it creepy. Hey, hey, go find him. Did you know bread is pain? In French, bread is pain. Pan. Pain. Pan. It's, it's, it's pronounced I know, but it, the word is still pain. Well, you know, it's quite sharp, isn't it, French bread sometimes? If you get a really crusty bit, <laughs> get it then in your maybe... Eye by stop, yeah, yeah. 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 Like burger bread is burger pain. Those baguettes are dangerous. <laughs> you say something bad about the French, they break a baguette up and you stab you with it. <laughs> no, no, be careful. <laughs> anyway, on that... <laughs> Hold each other's arm, baby. Now win just a little, lose just a little. Sometime had a blues a little, but baby, that's the glory of love. Wait for me. Wait. Oh, okay. Harry's getting his mask on. Daisy, where's your mask? Come on, then.